A recurrent theme that we encounter in the mainstream platforms is that alleged contagious diseases are on the rise. While books such as Dissolving Illusions demonstrated that the incidence and mortality of what have been called infectious diseases were a massive retreat a long time ago, the system has continued to invent epidemics, particularly from imaginary viruses. However, sometimes they resurrect an old disease that is said to be caused by a bacterium. Case in point is syphilis, with a Time article published in 2022 hitting the fear button and stating that sexually transmitted infections are rising in the US, particularly syphilis, which increased by 26% from 2020 to 2021. Let's have a look at how syphilis came to be known as a sexually transmitted disease, even after human studies failed to show this. I'm also going to open up the Tuskegee experiment files, showing what actually eventuated and how the story is used to gaslight the public in the modern era. Syphilis has been described for centuries and is said to have received its name from Italian physician Girolamo Fracastoro in 1530. Once known as the Great Imitator for its non-specific symptoms, it is most commonly associated with skin lesions, including unsightly chancre. Rarer manifestations include inflammatory reactions in various body parts and late symptoms include neurological and cardiac problems. I won't delve into the diagnostic tests in this video, suffice to say that it is asserted that one infectious type of bacterium is spreading around and creating new victims. However, these tests designed to detect their presence have discredited germ theory once again, with the World Health Organization announcing that most infections are asymptomatic or unrecognized. As my husband Mark has pointed out previously, infection stems from the Latin inficere, meaning to spoil, to stain, and communication of disease by agency of air or water. Its meaning was subsequently perverted to include the presence of microbes, or as just mentioned, simply a test result in today's world. For the establishment's narrative of syphilis, the CDC is a good place to start. On their webpage, Syphilis CDC Detailed Fact Sheet, it states that syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease caused by the bacterium Treponema pallidum. Syphilis can cause serious health effects without adequate treatment. Syphilis spreads from person to person by direct contact with a syphilitic sore, known as a chancre. Chancre can occur in, on, or around the penis, vagina, anus, rectum, and lips or mouth. Syphilis can spread during vaginal, anal, or oral sex. Pregnant people with syphilis can also transmit the infection to their unborn child. These are some specific claims. But as we know, the CDC is not in the habit of providing scientific citations for such bold statements. The only citations on the page relate to surveillance, screening, and treatments. So we head over to Wikipedia, and the syphilis page opens with the line, Syphilis is a sexually transmitted infection caused by the bacterium Treponema pallidum, and gives a single citation, which is a textbook. So this is looking dodgy already. The cited chapter in the textbook starts with, Syphilis, which is a chronic infectious disease caused by the bacterium Treponema pallidum, is usually acquired by sexual contact with another infected individual. There is no reference for this, and all that is provided at the end of the chapter is some general references, none of which provide the required scientific evidence. 
Further into the Wikipedia syphilis page, it states that syphilis is, quote, transmissible by kissing near a lesion, as well as manual, oral, vaginal, and anal sex, and provides three citations. This is where the comedy begins. One is a book titled Great Relationships and Sex Education, which features a, quote, risk thermometer table featuring different sexual acts. The second citation is a 2004 Morbidity and Mortality Weekly report from the CDC. However, this is not scientific evidence. It was simply people who had been diagnosed with syphilis then self-reporting what kind of sexual acts they had engaged in. This is complete nonsense. Because it had been decided in advance that it was an infectious disease, cases of syphilis in those that had only engaged in oral sex were said to have contracted the disease this way. Why not ask them if they ate bananas and then declare that was the reason they had syphilis? The Wikipedia entry's third citation is a 2008 paper re-examining syphilis, an update on epidemiology, clinical manifestations and management, which is a review article. In the section on etiology, it states that the causative organism of syphilitic disease is Treponema pallidum, subspecies pallidum, a member of the order Spirochetales. They provide a single reference for the claim, which is the textbook Principles and Practice of Infectious Diseases, 6th edition. So we are getting nowhere with any definitive evidence. This is another familiar merry-go-round in the annals of germ theory. Everybody seems to think that somebody else proved that treponema is the cause of disease, so they all refer to each other in their circular system. We trawled through PubMed trying to find any study showing that treponema could be passed between people and cause them to develop syphilis. There was a paper, Syphilis Transmission, a review of the current evidence, published in the journal Sexual Health in 2015, but they conceded that they only had, quote, estimates of syphilis transmission, and there were, quote, limitations of available data. Furthermore, there was not one experimental study drawn on, and it all hinged on epidemiological studies, as shown in this table. However, they let the cat out of the bag with a paragraph in the middle of their paper. The author stated, Lastly, unethical studies that addressed syphilis transmission have been conducted. In the 1940s in Guatemala, the US Public Health Service intentionally inoculated and exposed prisoners, sex workers and patients in a mental institution with infectious syphilis and subsequently estimated transmission probabilities. In the 1950s, Magnuson et al. also described the inoculation of human volunteer prisoners with syphilis. It is difficult to draw many conclusions about syphilis transmission probabilities from these efforts, given the methods used. You would have thought these studies would provide the germ theorists with their definitive evidence. So, why are they being swept under the rug? The 1950s study took place with inmates in Sing Sing Prison, New York. This one is barely worth mentioning because the methodology involved simply injecting, quote, infected rabbit testicle mixtures into the forearms of the human subjects and observing their skin reactions and blood reactions, if any. One of these mixtures was obtained by injecting treponema bacterial cultures into the testes of rabbits, then killing the rabbits 10 days later, removing their testes, and then slicing and shaking the tissue for two hours to create their brew. In other words, a pointless animal torture exercise that has nothing to do with establishing how syphilis is supposed to transmit. Onto the second human experimental study, which was carried out by the US Public Health Service in Guatemala from 1946 to 1948. 
Those of you who have seen my 2022 video, What We Weren't Taught About Gonorrhea, may recall that I have mentioned this one before. It was when they really tried to spread so-called sexually transmitted infections the old-fashioned way. However, they found it didn't work as planned, reporting that not enough of the sexually well-serviced men, the researchers actually timed how long they spent with the prostitutes and thought they acted like rabbits, even when plied with alcohol, seemed to be getting syphilis. Before we look at the specific results, there is again the problem of what is considered a case. A review of the study reported that the serology, blood test for syphilis, had always been a problem, as the balance between sensitivity and specificity created many false positives and false negatives. The problem is more serious than this, of course, because the tests have never been shown to be related to any causative agent. But you can see that even on their own terms, the diagnostics were an issue and the declaration of disease could be wrongly conflated with blood test results. If we look at the CDC's official report, we can see that they claim to have, quote, infected 61% of the subjects, but can be shown to be as farcical as the claimed gonorrhea transmission rates we exposed in my What We Weren't Taught About Gonorrhea video. The CDC report glossed over the complete failure to demonstrate the sexual transmission of syphilis, describing it as, quote, relatively inefficient. They induced syphilis in two commercial sex workers through, quote, intracervical injection of infected rabbit tissue on the basis that this caused visible damage to their cervixes and positive syphilis blood tests. Following this, they reported that a total of 12 male volunteers from the penitentiary had a single sexual exposure to one of these women. Despite the absence of condoms or chemoprophylaxis, none developed clinical infection, and based on incomplete serologic follow-up, it was estimated that at most, one or two were asymptomatically infected. Ah, throw in some meaningless asymptomatic quote infections with test results when none had any disease. Because sexual intercourse failed to transmit disease, they resorted to quote cutaneous or mucous membrane inoculation. The inoculum was obtained from ground-up rabbit's testes or human samples taken from diseased inmates and then a doctor held the subject's penis, pulled back the foreskin, abraded the penis slightly, just short of drawing blood, by scraping the skin with a hypodermic needle, introduced a cotton pledget, or small dressing, and dripped drops of the syphilitic emulsion onto the pad and threw it to the roughed skin on the man's penis for at least an hour, sometimes two. Aside from the fact that they never demonstrated onset of disease through a natural route, the experiments were uncontrolled and failed to show that the treponema bacterium itself was A, the instigator of disease, or B, a contagious agent. Now we come to the Tuskegee experiment, the hushed up and heavily promoted study that took place between 1932 and 1972 under the control of the US Public Health Service and the CDC. In brief, 399 poor African-American sharecroppers from Tuskegee, Alabama, were diagnosed with syphilis and enrolled into the study for follow-up. They were not informed of their diagnosis or the nature of the study, which was to observe the course of, quote, untreated syphilis. Now, in the 1930s, the recommended treatment for syphilis included mercury and salvacin, also known as compound 606. Of note, the latter came from the laboratory of Paul Ehrlich, the heralded father of immunology, chemotherapy, and, quote, 
magic bullet drugs. As a side note, I recommend reading Mike Stone's research publications concerning ALEC and the pseudoscience of antibody theory. The link will be in the video description. Mercury is of course toxic, and salvacin is one of the organo-arsenic poisons, which have also been used as herbicides, insecticides, and chemical weapons. In other words, no one was missing out on anything by avoiding this nasty brew. In the post-World War II era, or around 13 years into the study, Penicillin was withheld from the participants, with the subsequent claims that this would have cured the men. A Los Angeles Times story in 2004 reported that, by the time the study was exposed in 1972, 28 participants reportedly had died of syphilis, 100 were dead of related complications, at least 40 wives had been infected, and 19 children had contracted the disease at birth. However, no source is cited for these numbers, and they are suspected to be fabricated. It was not until October 2023, the US National Library of Medicine finally made available online the Tuskegee study files. We located the document called The Report on Tuskegee Syphilis Study, published in 1969, i.e. 37 years into the study. Autopsies were performed on 160 of the 276 syphilitic patients who died. Of those, syphilis was diagnosed at autopsy in only 83, 51.9%, and among these, syphilis was considered the primary cause of death in only 7, 8.4%, i.e. 4.4% of the total deaths. This is pretty underwhelming stuff for the alleged rampaging disease. They then give a breakdown of the seven deaths, which are ruptured aneurysms and aortic valve problems. All pathologies that could also be attributed to other factors, such as smoking, hypertension, and congenital problems in a group of men with poor general health. They go on to state that, in both the syphilitic and control groups, cardiovascular disease was the most frequent cause of death. 55.8 and 55.7%, and malignant neoplasm second, 12.3 and 10.3%, and when examined in 1968, 51 of the 53 were diagnosed with latent syphilis, one neurosyphilis, and one cardiovascular. In other words, the surviving syphilitics are in a group in which syphilis was a relatively innocuous disease. When people refer to the Tuskegee scandal, I suspect that most are not aware of what these actual outcomes were. Don't get me wrong, all of these men were treated appallingly by the allopathic medical complex, but from our point of view, so are most people going into the system in pursuit of health. However, look at how the mainstream portrays the scandal today. The themes are deadly and contagious pathogen in the form of treponema, with the men being called, quote, survivors by the mainstream. Allopathic, quote, magic bullets to the rescue, first in the form of organo-arsenic poison, and then penicillin. The supposed collective guilt of racism thrown into the mix. All of these themes from the Tuskegee story are used to this day by the establishment, and for the establishment's benefit. Keep in mind this was a government study, and governments are the most racist organisations in history. But for the gullible, it was smoothed over by Epstein Island frequent flyer Bill Clinton in 1997. On behalf of the American people, what the United States government did was shameful, and I am sorry. The guilt-tripping gaslight probably means that most people won't critique the Tuskegee narrative, as it looks like a landmine. 
However, those who are prepared to have a look can see that it is more germ theory nonsense. The study did not provide any evidence that syphilis was contagious or caused by Treponema pallidum, and it did not show that men who were living in destitute circumstances would all have been miraculously made healthy by taking a course of organo-arsenic chemicals or penicillin. In 2021, the mainstream gaslighting was in full swing, with the narrative that the Tuskegee saga had caused some black Americans to decline the COVID-19 shots. The Tuskegee study had nothing to do with vaccines, because there has never been a syphilis vaccine, but they tried to shoehorn the story in, never mind that no data was provided outside of some anecdotal accounts. Again, it is the establishment that is being racist, because they infer that blacks are afraid to quote, follow the science and take government recommended shots. From our point of view, these African Americans did the right thing by not participating in the COVID-19 fraud and should never rely on governments and their allied industries for guidance when it comes to health matters. Dr. Tom Cowan has said that because he has publicly rejected germ theory, he received challenges that dared him to have sexual intercourse with someone who had an alleged venereal disease. As he rightfully responded, he is married and he has no interest in engaging in adultery. Like us, he is not afraid of microbial contagion, which is a scientific dead end and completely refuted concept. However, being healthy is about one's entire way of thinking and living. It was interesting to see that mainstream sources are starting to catch on to the nature of sexual relationships and the development of so-called sexually transmitted infections. A 2021 study found that couples reporting high levels of affection towards one another had much lower rates of positive quote STI screens than those who didn't. What would emotions have to do with how the alleged contagious microbes behave around the genitals? Still glued to germ theory, the authors speculated that it may be that when partners are equally satisfied with the relationship and emotionally affectionate toward one another, they are less likely to seek and engage in outside relationships. However, they had no evidence to support this alleged mechanism of bringing germs into a relationship, and like everyone else, cannot provide evidence that microbes cause disease. We certainly accept that many people diagnosed with what can be called syphilis have significant disease. Sometimes unhealthy mothers can also give birth to diseased children. However, there is no scientific evidence to back up the claim that syphilis is contagious and caused by Treponema bacteria. The presence of the bacteria does not equate to disease, although when the underlying terrain becomes compromised, for whatever physical or psychological reason, then the bacteria may proliferate as they deal with the mess. Like other purported infectious diseases, the epidemiological data regarding syphilis has been misconstrued. People with similar lifestyles and environmental conditions manifest similar diseases, which has nothing to do with contagion. In a developed country like New Zealand, syphilis is rarely seen in the general population, and yet multiple surveys have suggested it is a highly promiscuous nation, including the disturbing finding that Kiwi women had the highest number of sexual partners with an average of 20.4. The facts are out there in the open, and syphilis is another germ theory fantasy. There is no evidence that a healthy person will develop syphilis simply by coming into contact with someone that is said to have the disease. Nobody can catch, quote, it, 
but their living circumstances may invite disease in, and that is what needs to be taken care of. If you enjoyed this video, please visit support.dsam.com 